What's up, everyone? Have you ever heard the saying, make sure your worst enemy doesn't live between your ears? The mind is a powerful tool if we can take control of it. But if we can't, our minds could very well be the single biggest obstacle that prevents us from ever reaching our full potential. How many times have you found yourself in a situation where you were excited about trying to achieve something, you set off after it, only to have your thoughts flooded with all the reasons why it would be easier for you to just walk away from what you're trying to reach. It's almost like your mind is trying to convince you to go ahead and give up. My guest today understands what it feels like to fight the temptation to quit. You don't have to go through Navy SEALs to develop the movies. You see, 10 years later, I'm standing in front of 37 of my closest friends and family trying to explain to them how I had taken $1.5 million that they had entrusted in me and then learned $1,475,000 worth of ways not to launch a product. That took four years of Hell Week going over and over again. And here it is, a few investors, they come, they come pull me aside. And they're kind of instructor Boston, but they're more like a doctor. They're not looking at the hypothermic charts anymore. They're looking at my financial health, and it ain't looking too good. They're, they want me to survive. They're worried about me, and they say, hey, it's over. It's done. you got to go get a job, okay? You're starting to embarrass yourself. Alden Mills is one unstoppable human being. He's a former three-time Navy SEAL platoon commander, author, Inc. 500 CEO, and founder of Perfect Fitness. Alden has reached an incredible level of success, but before he could get there, he had to first fight the temptation to ring the bell. Today, we're going to talk about the inner battle between the whiner and the whisperer, mindset shifts, and the all-important question of how do you eat an elephant? I'm Anthony Robles, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. What does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable is just a, is just a mindset and a way of life. I think it's just uh, not being, being afraid to fail. Relentless. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish when I set my priorities right, when I walk with God, and when, again, I, I live with that mindset, being the best that I can be at every moment. I think there's nothing more powerful on earth than the human will. Anthony Robles has shown us that impossible is nothing. Anthony Robles is a national champion. You're listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Anthony Robles, brought to you by Safe Street. Please welcome today's special guest, Alden Mills. Before we start the show, I'd like to say a special thank you to our sponsor, Safe Streets, the authorized provider of ADT home security systems for their support of this podcast and the mission behind it, which is to inspire those who listen and to continue to share the message of Unstoppable. Not only do they support the podcast, they're also my home security provider. So visit safestreets.com for more info, or you can click on the Safe Streets link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's welcome today's special guest. All right, Mr. Mills. Alden Mills, excuse me. Alden, how are you doing Thank today? Thank you very much, Anthony. <laughs> I know you scolded clear. me earlier. Yeah, I, I won't call you Mr. Mills ever again. 
<laughs> How are you? It's great to be here today. Oh, it's great to have you, sir. I'm doing extremely well. Like we said, just enjoying the weather. And I recently got engaged. So I spent the weekend just planning for an upcoming wedding with my fiance. So life is good right now. Oh, that's fantastic. When's the <laughs> date? Have you guys picked a date and a location? Well, the location is going to be here in Arizona. We're still narrowing down the date, but we're thinking this year in October, November time. So we're visiting the venues and all the, you know, the hectic planning and everything, but it's all good. So I'm very blessed right now. Uh, Anthony, best decision I ever made. Well, thank you. I'm a very lucky man. So very blessed. That's awesome. You are blessed. Yes, sir. And so I'm is she, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, Alden, thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's truly a pleasure to speak with you. I know we share the unstoppable space and you, sir, you are truly unstoppable. I mean, your accomplishments as an inventor, an author, a businessman, and also in the military are absolutely incredible. So it's truly an honor to have you on the Unstoppable Podcast today. Hey, listen, uh, something you don't know is that I wrestled in middle school and high school, and I stand in awe of you and your wrestling capabilities, something oh, I could never attain. <laughs> and Anthony, look, look, we're it's a mutual feeling being here with you today, buddy. Oh, truly an honor. I had no idea you had the wrestling background. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't even really want to bring you that much up because it wasn't <laughs> even close to what you do. <laughs> well, we, we won't talk about it then, but I know you, you have a list of incredible accomplishments. And, you know, I know we all have our own goals, things in our lives that we want to accomplish on our own, but sometimes we fall short. Right? And that, that can be for various reasons. That can be for challenges that we face. That can be due to limitations that either we put on ourselves or sometimes limitations that we allow other people to put on us. So I know you grew up with asthma. As a kid growing up with asthma, did you experience that, that people putting limitations on you or trying to? The first time I had a limitation really put on me, because I didn't know what I had. I just thought, gee, I'm, I'm always short-winded here, or I'm not always the fastest runner in the group, or man, I'm running out of gas after running a few laps, right? And I got brought in to see this lung doctor, a pulmonologist, when I was 12. And I will never forget the conversation, because it was the first time someone was really putting limit on me. Mm -hmm. And after he had me blowing all these different machines, and he was checking the volume of my lungs, and, and by the way, this guy looked like an old Danny DeVito, right? With like white whiskey <laughs> hair, bald top, but Coke bottle glasses. And, mm -hmm. and he had this kind of nasally Massachusetts accent. And he's like, ah, oh, uh, Mrs. Mills, I see what the problem is here. You see your son, he, uh, he's got two problems. And he, he flipped his chart out, right? And he said, first problem is yeah, he's got smaller than normal size lungs. All right. And, uh, and he had all the data to back it up. And, and then the second one was, and uh, his airways constricted. You know why that is? Because he's got asthma. So here's what he needs to do. I'll get him the medicine, but he must lead a less active lifestyle. Now, I suggest a game of chess. Hmm. And, and that was the first time a limit came in. And, you know, God bless my mom. She, she sent me out of that doctor's office while he was still ranting and raving of all my problems. And, and she came up to me and, you know, I was having a full pity party for myself at that point, big crocodile tears. And I remember her in the offensive position, hands on the hips, right? Mm -hmm. Leaning into me, kicked my foot. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, mom, chess, I I'm terrible 
checkers? How am I going to play chess? Right. And, and where was I gone? I, I had already gone to, I got to learn chess. And it's when she took these kind of long velociraptor like claws, stuck them into my arm. And she said, you listen to me. Nobody defines what you can or can't do, but you, I'll get you the medicine, but you got to go decide what you can do. Now, you know, like all of us and Anthony, I'm, I know you have a similar story. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get it that first day, right? Somebody tells it to you. You're like, oh, it's mom. She gets paid to tell me that, right? It's, it is what it is. And my mom's just trying to make me feel good. But then she just kept encouraging, go try a sport. And I tried mm-hmm. basketball and, oh, terrible basketball. The only two <laughs> points I ever scored were against my own team. I was so excited. <laughs> I had the ball, I threw it right back up. And, and then I went to soccer and I scored I w- against my own team in soccer. I was a defensive player, tried to kick it back to the goalie. Boom, went in. I played uh, lacrosse goalie. You know how easy it is to score on yourself in lacrosse goalie? <laughs> Get that thing back. And then I played defense, fourth string on hockey, slid the puck right into the goal. Right? Four different sports I scored Man. on myself. So... It, but she just kept saying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, go try something else, try something else. And, and then I found the sport of rowing, rowing took me to the Navy, took me to SEAL team. And, you know, it just started a series of cascading events. But the first time, and I kind of gave you a long winded answer it was all about a doctor who was trying to keep me safe, trying to keep me in the comfort zone of what I would consider mediocrity. And Mom had different ideas. Uh, I can definitely relate. That's an incredible story. On, on so many levels, it resonates with me because my mom, similar, you know, a very strong mom. And when I was born missing my leg, the doctors were telling her right away what my limitations were going to be, right? What I couldn't yeah. do, what I wasn't going to be capable of. And my mom, like yours, she did not accept that. She said, no, I'm going to make him define himself. He's going to define what he's capable of. And I think it was like my sixth or seventh birthday. She got me a bike and some of our family members are like, well, why'd you get him a bike? He's got one leg. He's, he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Right. Like, no, he's, he's got to figure it out. He can do it. And so I think that's the greatest lesson that my mom taught me was you define yourself, right? You don't, you don't allow other people to set limitations on you. You don't set limits for yourself. See what you're capable of. Go out there and make an effort at it and then see what you can actually do. Don't give yourself that obstacle, that challenge. Don't block your path before you even try to make an attempt. Anthony, I'm just nodding my head. I got goosebumps. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, it's one of the things I hope all your listeners get is first and foremost, stop looking outside, look inside and realize it's up to you. Yes, sir. Amen to that. It's up to you. And I mean, it's just incredible your journey. You mentioned that, you know, the doctor had said chess would be a good good thing for you to, to focus on. So you turned your back on chess. You said, no, I'm not going to focus on a chess career. And instead, I mean, man, instead of going the chess route, you went to the Navy SEALs and the Navy SEALs, that's an elite fighting force. The training you had to undergo to earn the right to be a SEAL, that's on a whole other level of toughness that the majority of people on this planet, they'll never experience that. So can you just talk about your time going through the training and in particular that Hell Week experience? I can. Uh, let me, let me share with you two little brief stories. The, the first one for listeners that I, I want them to understand is that everybody, when they show up to go through SEAL training, they have all 
physically qualified to be there. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means they've gone through a push-up, pull-up, sit-up, uh, a swim and a run routine. It's condensed, right? They don't they don't give you much rest between it, and you have certain marks you have to make. Everybody's done that. They've done that test minimum three or four times. Mm-hmm. And so when they show up, they are all above standard physically. I had 122 show up for my beginning class. And then right before we class up, we have this character come out who's missing his left butt cheek because it got blown off in a rocket propelled grenade, Vietnam. And he said, you all want to know the secret of making it through Navy SEAL training? Right. We were like, yeah, we we want it. Right. And he's like, well, it ain't complicated. It's hard, but it ain't complicated. You see, you just have to decide how much you're willing to pay. Hmm. And he went on for a while and he'd basically say, we see you all been thinking about being a seal on a sunny day. And that's a rub. You see your country, she don't need seals on sunny days. She needs them on scary days, right? And he goes on to define the scary day. And, and then he basically says, look, 80% of you, you ain't going to be paying that price. And for that other 20% of you, you're going to figure out how much you're willing to pay. And the first six weeks, it was just one challenge after another of deciding how much you wanted to pay, right? 50 meter breath holds and swimming, doing drown proofing with your legs tied and your hands tied behind your back and four mile timed runs and swims and all that kind of stuff, right? And then Hell Week comes along on the sixth week. It's now moved a little earlier because they're trying to screen more people out. But Hell Week is this period of time from a Sunday evening to a Friday afternoon where they give you a total of about three hours of sleep. And now they got round the clock instructors. Every eight hours, a new shift is coming at you. And by that point, we're down to 34, one officer, that's me and 33 enlisted. And the biggest challenge they would do there in the beginning is just put you in cold water, but they Mm -hmm. did it at night. Up until that point, we had been surf tortured all the time during the daytime, Mm -hmm. but you could look up and see the sun in the daytime, right? When you can see the sun, you can see a heat source. You're like, oh, I know what that feels like. Or you can feel your cheeks warming up. But do that in the middle of the night, even though the water temperature is really not any different. Well, you, your focus is out the window, right? You're, what am I going to look at? The, The moon? Does the moon look warm to me? And everything becomes this inner game challenge inside here. It becomes a mindset shift Hmm. and you have to make that shift right you've got to deal with your thoughts your focus your beliefs and it's this entanglement of different issues that you've got to deal with and one of the guys who loved to mess with this literally he had a deep south boston accent and he'd stick us in and out of that water and he'd bring a doctor out and he'd say hey doc tell him about hypothermia And up until that point, we would sing our song and we had this class song and every class has a song and ours was She's a Grand Old Flag. Mm -hmm. And we're singing She's a Grand Old Flag. And when you're singing that song, 
everybody is so connected, right? You're focused on the next words and we're singing it out loud. And then this doc comes out and he starts talking about hypothermia and we stop singing. Mm -hmm. We start listening to the doc and the doc brings out a chart and he talks about, well, these are the standards for uh, hypothermia. And oh my gosh, you've been in the water longer than a normal person with hypothermia. And, and here are the symptoms. What do you think happened the moment the doc started talking about symptoms of hypothermia after he told us we'd been in the water long enough to be hypothermic? People's minds start going, oh man, I'm, I might have hypothermia. I got hypothermia, right? It's flopping like a fish. We're going up and down the line. Do you remember my name and everything? And and that's what they were doing. They were trying to shift our focus. The moment they could shift our focus inward to say, oh my gosh, let's focus on how cold I really am. Do you think that is helpful? No. To think about how cold you are. Absolutely not, right? You know from wrestling, is it helpful to think about how how much your body is burning in whatever the exercise you do. No, you got to keep pressing. The moment you start thinking about how much pain you're in, your opponent's going to make a move on you, right? Exactly. You have to keep pressing through it to the opponent's like, man, I'm so tired. I can't do it. Fine. I give up. And, and that's what they do. And it becomes a game of focus all throughout hell week, every single challenge they do. And by the end, you know, our hell week class, we got down to 18 and Tuesday night, they pulled me aside and they put my, the instructors pulled their arms around me and they're like, sir, it's time for you to quit. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I, me, I don't, I don't understand. Why, why is it time for me to quit? And we're like, so look around. This is like three o'clock in the morning. We just had our last quitter. Uh, this class is the smallest hell week class we have ever had. I, didn't know right I'm, I'm shot it's 48 hours up straight and yeah and uh sir do you, do you know why everyone's quitting because you're a terrible leader you see how do you think you're going to be able to lead in seal team if you can't even lead in hell week here no i'm sorry sir it's time for you to go and after you quit here's what's going to happen we're just going to shut this class down and we're going to roll it into another class and combine it yeah, you're you're not cut out for this, sir. It's over. And they talked to me in a very genteel, nice way. Like they had their arms around me and they're like, it's okay. You know, good for you to get as far as you have. You know, one officer, it's usually, nobody usually makes it anyhow if you're all by yourself like this. And that was the other thing they do is that they would try and work your logic to create a negative hypothetical of something that, well, if you can't do it now, then how are you ever going to be able to do it when you're at the SEAL team? Which, by the way, it was two more years before I got a platoon. Wow. And, and that's what they would do, right? They would mess with your mind in all different ways. But most of the time, it was about either shifting your focus or building up a, a limited belief inside of you saying you can't do it. Hmm. And then providing logic to help you prove to yourself, no, you can't do it. And they wanted to weed you out. Man, that sounds intense. I mean, just that the mental part of it, as you said, shifting your focus, I think that's a crucial lesson that we can all learn from, right? That, that focus shift. One of the things I'm doing right now is uh, I'm, I'm training for these Guinness pull-up records. And so I, I had the most pull-ups with just my body weight. Recently, I did most pull-ups with an 80-pound pack. 
And so the next one that I'm going after down the road, I'm training now, it's 24 hours, most pull-ups in 24 hour period. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to remember what you said about shifting the focus, because I'm already envisioning there's going to be that time, right? When I'm, I'm start sitting there, I'm, I'm looking at that 24 hour clock thinking I can just, I can just quit, right? I can just walk away. Yeah. I still have a long way to go. But what you said is key, right? I'm shifting my focus. What am I focused on? If I let that crack happen, then I start thinking about the negative things and why I can't do it and what's hurting and everything, then I'm going to fail, right? But yeah, it, and Anthony, so let's talk about this record that you're going to go after, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in this point, and there's a lot of science that proves this, and some of the best science is actually age-old Asian science from some of the Tibetan monks or the Shaolin monks. And what are they doing? They're literally going inward. And let's say, okay, I got 24 hours to do these pull-ups. What are the things that can get out first? Well, I'm going to have lactic acid build up in my wrists and my forearms and my lats. And mm -hmm. um, I'm going to focus on flushing that lactic acid after every, when I breathe in through my nostrils and then I exhale, I'm going to visualize lactic acid just being blown out of me like smoke. And every time I do that, my muscles are going to get more invigorated, right? Now imagine if you were so intent on that focus for that 24-hour period, lactic acid would never even show up, right? You were only ever focused. And, and that's what I'm talking about with these detailed elements of focus. The more creative you'll get at thinking of the focus that helps you, because there's lots of things that will hurt you or stop you from your goal, those are all within our control. But the problem is you focus, and I talk about this focus funnel. Mm -hmm. Focus funnels our energy into taking an action. And you can put anything in there. You see our thoughts and our beliefs, they get entangled and they get stuffed into that focus funnel. And along the way, our funnel will start sprouting holes on the side and our energy will get dissipated and we won't give a fully committed action. We won't go all in. You'll show up for wrestling practice, but you've already believed in yourself like, hey, I'm, I'm not as good as those other guys. And, and that other guy, he, I've never been pinned before and he pinned me right away. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm just not that good, right? But then you have guys like Sean Charles who come in your life who kept your focus yes, and said, no, 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 no. I know guys are taking you down. You stay focused. And now we're going to just slowly improve day over day. Right. And then we're just, we're plugging those holes in that funnel and we're staying totally focused. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, I'm on the national champion platform. It didn't happen overnight. It happened mm -hmm. one pull up at a time. Right. Yes, sir. One attempt at a time. And that's what I hope everyone in your audience understands is that you got to keep dreaming past that horizon and then bring it back to now and think about one little thing I can do to make that improvement and make it better. Yeah, I love that. It's like if you want to move a mountain, you got to start by carrying away the stones, right? One stone at a time. Yep. You know, and people will say, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one at a time. Uh, my coach actually used to use that same thing to me. He'd say, how do you eat an elephant? And I wrestle a big opponent and he say, how do you eat an elephant? I say, one bite at a time, one position at a time. <laughs> it is, right? And it doesn't do you any good. And, you know, I, I have this other story about Hell Week where right before we start on Friday of before that Sunday, the instructors have us come in to clean their office. And 
they wanted our entire class to go in there and clean it, right? And so we're all in there and we walk in and none of the instructors are around. And there is this massive three ring notebook binder, mm. big white one, and it has big black letters on it. And it says class 181 hell week schedule, right? Mm. It's like that thick. And couple of enterprising classmates go oh sir look at this it's the entire hell week schedule i mean it's sitting on the front desk right it was like a, a red carpet rolled out for me <laughs> and i was like guys i gotta tell you i wouldn't look at it I, I wouldn't even bother no 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 we got this we're gonna game the system we're gonna figure out all the things that are coming up and we'll be ready for it i'm like i have no idea how they're gonna game that system but they take it, they go photocopy the whole thing, they bring it back to the barracks and they start flipping through what 112 hours of a hell week schedule looks like. Oh man. What do you think happened to those two guys? That mentality, the negative mentality started coming through. <laughs> they got their brains got totally overwhelmed. They looked at the entire mountain of work in front of them and they went wait a minute, we can't do this. And they didn't even show up to start Hell Week. Wow. They quit before Hell Week. And so I use this term, focus on the moment, not the mountain, right? It's that moment, the moment that you can control right now. That's the difference maker. Every once in a while, pull your head up, look around like, hey, I'm making some progress up the mountain, back down. Don't worry, you can't see the peak right now. Don't worry if you've only gone two inches instead of two miles. Stay focused on the moment and remind yourself why you're doing this. That's terrific advice right there. Just stay focused on that moment. And I'm sure going through that hell week, you know, you're just telling yourself that. Stay focused on the moment, right? Shift your focus to what's positive, what's right in front of you, step by step. And I know there's a concept or, or what you guys do, you, you ring a bell, right? When, when you want to quit, you ring a bell. So can you just talk about that concept of ringing a bell? And was there a time when, as you're going through Hellwick, as you're fighting that mental battle to not break, was there a point where you really were close to ringing that bell? There were the biggest, closest time. So first of all, you ring the bell three times, no matter where you are, you're out, right? They drop immediately and they really wanted me to ring that bell on tuesday morning mm -hmm. at three o'clock in the morning and i said hey it's it's over mm -hmm. and i have to tell you i they got me for a few seconds i was like wait a minute they're right you know if i can't lead now then i i don't want to hurt people in seal team and if i can't lead in seal team then why, why am i here and and then I flash forward and I, I do this little thing that it just happened where I call it an outcome movie. And I made this little movie of like, what's it going to feel like when I grab that rope and hear those three rings? And then what happens right after that? Oh, I'm going to have to call my parents. I'm not going to have to hear from some people that told me I couldn't make it anyhow. And then what's that going to feel like 10 years from now when everyone's like, I told you you never make it, knew you were a loser what are you kidding yourself? And then 20 years from now, when I'm a father and I tell my kids, Hey, don't do what dad did and quit. Hmm. What's that feel like? And I remember then going, Hey, you know what? 
So, so what if you're not doing a great job right now? You can learn from this and SEAL Team Platoons, you'll get more training and you can become a better leader and you can improve, right? And there's that constant battle. Mm -hmm. And I call that battle the whiner and the whisperer. The, the whisperer is that quiet voice that says, okay, keep trying, get up, go again, do it a different way. And the whiner, the whiner is the louder one. The whiner is like, you know how hard this is going to be? You, you have asthma. Why do you even think you should be doing this? You could get hurt. You know why? You don't, you, you don't know anybody else that can do this. It's too much. You can't do it. That's the whiner. We all have that. You don't have to go through SEAL team, how we special operations training to encounter those. You just got to go try and do something you don't know you can do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people out there, they're not even starting to try. The whiners already kept them in that safe harbor of a comfort zone of mediocrity. It's the moment where you go, well, I don't know if I can run a marathon. Well, break it down and let's see if you can do a 5K. Oh my God, that was the hardest thing I ever did, but I did it, right? And the 5K led to a 10K and the 10K leads to so on and so forth. And I'm sure it's the same way with you when you were doing pull-ups. Like, well, I did this now. Now I wonder if I can do that. Hey, I did it with 80-pound pack. I wonder if I can do this for 24 hours. Can I break that? Right? That's another way you chunk the mountain. Sure. Ate the elephant. We started little and we kept going. But you got to show up, right? Coach Charles says that. You got to show up first. Then work hard. And then be coachable. Yes, sir. I love that. And you mentioned that the outcome movies in your head. That's something I can relate to. And when I was wrestling, you know, there would be a point right before we got called to the center and I'm, I'm kind of, I got my headphones in, right. I'm trying to get in that zone. And I would actually think to myself in my head, like one side, yeah. How good is it going to feel to win this match? Right. Getting my arm raised. And I didn't envision that, but then I would take a moment to think about, you know, how bad am I going to feel when I, if I lose this match? And I, I would think back to when I would, get defeated out there and I'm sitting in the tunnel crying. It's like, how, how is that going to feel if I experience that again? And I think it's a powerful tool when you can use that negativity as motivation, right? Or use that, that challenge as an, a motivation to push you further towards that goal, because we're all going to have those things, right? There are going to be the doubters. There are going to be the people who say you can't do it. There are going to be the mental battles to where your mind's telling you, this is too hard, just give up. But if you can harness that negativity and use it to work for you and push you further forward, that's what unstoppable is, is it's using everything to your advantage to move forward and be successful. Hey, everybody. Before we get back to the show, I wanted to take a moment to recognize our podcast sponsor. Safe Streets is a nationwide authorized provider of ADT monitored home security. And with a commitment to giving their customers a five-star experience, it's clear to see why they, without a doubt, are the best in the business. Safe Streets set up my home with a home security and automation system, and I can honestly tell you that my experience was five-star. When I spoke with a consultant, I really liked how they listened and worked with me to create a unique home security system that was tailored to my needs and my budget, instead of trying to push a bunch of products on me. My installer Andrew arrived on time, he was friendly, professional, and he took the time to go over the system with me and answer any questions that I had. And I love how easy the system is to use. So give yourself the peace of mind in knowing that your home is protected 24-7 with Safe Streets, the nation's only authorized provider of ADT-monitored home security. Call Safe Streets today at 844 844- 980-SAFE or visit them at safestreets.com and let them show you how they can help make your home safer and more comfortable. 
It, exactly right. And when you do what I call these outcome accounts, you're literally going through a simple little framework in your head and say, here's the positive outcome. Here's who it impacts. And here's what it makes, how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then I do the same thing on the negative side. And what you'll find is the negative side fires up your fear. Mm-hmm. And when you fire up your fear, you have an opportunity to use fear as fuel. Fuel to say, okay, this is the outcome. That's a risk. And that's going to fire me up to give even more. And that is a key component to dealing with it. It's not abolishing fear. It's embracing fear. Fear's with us, no matter we like it or not. The whiner, that's a negativity bias. We're born with it. We put more emphasis on negative than we do positive. So use it to your advantage, like a wrestling move. Hmm right? Use the other opponent's force against them. In your case, the wrestle that we were always wrestling with is the negativity that comes into our head. Yes, sir. No, that's some ter- 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 <laughs> terrific advice. I just got to tell you, when I'm doing my 24-hour record, I'm going to be playing this episode just so you're in my head and just help me to focus and remember how to be unstoppable. Thank you so much. This is some great advice you're giving right now. You call me. I'll give you a little coaching <laughs> advice right before you do that. I want to see you crush that. Sounds good. I'm, I'm excited for it. And so just going back to your, your SEAL career, how long were you in the SEALs? I was in for a total of 12 years. I did a little over seven active and then another five reserves. Wow. And I mean, your list of accomplishments, it didn't stop in the SEALs. You went on to be successful in business as an inventor as well. So how was that transition going from the military into the business world? Very hard. You know, I'd gone to the Naval Academy and I don't include that as my active service, although I think it really should be because I was there for four years and then went into the SEAL team. And so I basically grew up in the military. And by the time I left to become a civilian, I was 30, right? And at that point, all I ever really knew was the military. And the military has its own has its own legal system called the Uniform Code of Military Justice, right? Every, we all follow a certain pattern and routine of doing things. And then when I came out to be a civilian, I realized that, hey, these civilians, they, they're focused on something totally different than I was focused on. I was, I was focused on increased leadership responsibility and taking care of the troops and doing those things. And now all of a sudden it's, hey, who can get the most biggest bonus? Or, and, and I appreciate I'm generalizing here, but gone, having gone to business school, it was all about the salary and mm-hmm. the bonuses or the stock options. And I got caught up in that, right? I, I moved to San Francisco to strike it rich in a software company with stock options. And two years later, I had spent more on taxes for those options than I ever realized anything. And that company, after I had left later on and gone bankrupt, and I was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't grapple with it. And I was about to go back in full time. And my wife said, you know, you've always wanted to start a company and you want to, why not, now's the time to do it before we start having children. And, and so I decided to pick an industry that had been a part of my life and would continue to be a part of my life whether I worked in it or not. And that was the fitness industry. And the first company I started failed before it could ever get out the door. Second one I started 
made about, we, I mean, we sold about a million dollars worth, but we uh, learned and then, but my, I lost $1,475,000. The third company, we did a hundred million sales in three years and made the Inc. 500 as the fastest growing consumer products company in the country, fourth overall. But everybody only hears about the third company, right? Mm -hmm. They don't hear about the four, five years of in and out of, you know, should I go bankrupt or what am I doing? And they, oh, I failed again. And, you know, what are you, you're embarrassing yourself and go get a job. And what do you, you're not, you're, you're being irresponsible. You have to take care of your family and, you know, all of those things going on. And, you know, the perfect push up, the perfect pull up, perfect ab carver, perfect sit up, all these perfect products that we ended up getting sold all around the world. And, you know, it's the overnight success that took 10 years. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And I think that's a great example right there. You, you said the struggles that you went through, right? Just the, the failures before the success. And you're right. People overlook that stuff. They just see the final outcome. They just see you standing at the top of the podium. But really what they have to realize and we all have to remember is that you got to that podium by taking those steps one at a time. And there were fails in between, right? From getting from the bottom to the top. There are those times where you experience those setbacks where you do want to give up. But everything that we're talking about today, that's when it comes into play, right? You shift in that focus and you stay positive and moving forward. And it is, it's an elephant, right? But it's one bite at a time. And if you allow yourself to experience those failures and just allow it to soak in and to say, well, you know, I guess I don't, I'm not capable of it. I guess I just don't have what it takes then you never fully experience what you're truly capable of, right? It's like in a wrestling match, when I go out there, I might get taken down at the beginning of the period, but there's still two more periods left, right? There's still time on that clock. I can get back up. I can make that, that those points up that I gave up. I can keep fighting, but I have to choose it. Mentally, I have to still be engaged to say, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to grind to get to the end, get my arm raised up. That's correct. And, you know, the, one of the bigger challenges, and I'm sure you've already faced it, you, it's, it's, when you ask like, hey, what was it like all in leaving SEAL team and then becoming a civilian? Think of it like you leaving your wrestling career and now you got to go do a professional career and you're not mm -hmm. going to join the WWE. And even that's probably a different journey, <laughs> right? And, you know, now you're going to be doing a different thing, right? You're out on the stage, you're, you're doing content and that's a different skill set mm -hmm. it's the same components but now you've got to learn new things and and that's a really important component that i encourage everybody out there to embrace is that you got to keep learning yeah i was at a pinnacle in seal team i did really well in seal team got ranked number one a bunch of times and then i left and i became an entrepreneur and i started at the bottom of the barrel again however I knew a little bit more about the journey. I knew a little bit more now that what it takes to persist, but I was still climbing a new mountain range. I climbed the seal mountain range. Now I'm climbing the uh, fitness products mountain range. And then I went and started a pet food company and we started a security company. Those are different mountains to climb. They have different challenges. And here's a newsflash. I have failed way more than I've ever succeeded. The key is, I've used the failure as fuel 
I didn't use it to stop me. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to let people know that unstoppable means you're taking all those kind of different energy forces and they're fueling you forward. Yes, sir. Definitely. And I, I like how you said you, you, you learned, right? As you're going through it, you're learning. And uh, when I first started wrestling, I didn't have a style, right? Everyone's saying I'm, I'm missing the leg. You can't compete here. So one of the things that my coach would do, we would be in the wrestling room and with three of my teammates, he'd pull them aside. He'd say, okay, I want you to attack Anthony this way. Another teammate, I want you to attack him this way. And I would get beat up, right? I would struggle. But throughout that that time getting beat, I was learning how to, to counter it. Yeah. Right? I was learning how to develop a style, how to get stronger yeah. because of that. And I'd say that that's what we have to do. As we go through the challenges, we face the setbacks, we learn and you keep moving forward with it. And Anthony, I mean, you're a classic, beautiful example of here's somebody that's like, you're not getting the memo of what your limit is, right? You didn't get the memo that you couldn't be a national champion with one leg. You just decide, okay, I got to learn different ways to adapt. And I, you know, and the coach did that with you. You were blessed to have a whole series of different folks in your life say, the only limit's in here. You want to go dream it? Let's go be it. Yes, sir. Definitely. And, and talking about what's up in here, what's up in your head. I'm I'm reading your book right now, and actually I have it right here with me. It's highlighted like crazy. Unstoppable teams. I love this book. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And in this book, you're talking about head to heart conversations. And can can you just break down what that is, what a head-to-heart conversation is? Yeah, so I bring up those voices, right? Mm -hmm. And those voices are that whiner and the whisperer and that head to the heart. And the book you're referring to, Unstoppable Teams, is my second book. And the way that's structured is that we first start, we're talking about how to lead ourselves. Before you get in a position or want to start talking about leading others, how you lead yourself becomes how you lead others, right? A team is nothing more than a reflection of its leader. Take your ASU teams, right? Your ASU teams were a reflection of Coach Charles Mm -hmm. and his mindset of what you wanted to do, right? Notre Dame teams were nothing more than a reflection of Lou Holtz or whoever, you know, all these different great coaches, that's the thing that makes the difference for them is that They're showing how, this is how I do it for myself. We're going to teach you the same basic things. Now, when it comes to leading inside, you have a main conversation you have to deal with. And I call it the conversation between the head and the heart. And that kind of brings me back to good old instructor half, but when he's like, you know what my job is? It's to create a conversation between here and here. You know, he takes his hand, he points to his temple, and then he brings it down over his heart. A conversation that's going to drive you to make a decision on how much you're willing to pay. We are all born with an ego. We are all born with some limiting beliefs. We all absorb them throughout our lifetime. We pick them up in all kinds of different shapes and forms. We all have limiting beliefs. It's just, it's how life works for us, right? And at the same token, there's some things deep down inside of us that make our hearts sing because we all have a superpower or two or three. We all have this gift. And the thing that we want to really figure out 
is how do we unlock it? How do we can show up every day and get our heart to keep singing? But what ends up happening is this ego, this mind, right? It's a supercomputer, but boy, does it become a foe for us when we're trying to get after something. Mm -hmm. And why does it do that? Because it wants to keep us safe. Just like that doctor said, hey, I want you to learn the game of chess, stay safe. The mind doesn't want to do more than it has to do. Yet the whisperer is saying, no, 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 come on, you're built to do this. Get in that ring, Anthony. Keep trying. So what if you got taken down in the first period? Go do it again in the second, right? You can do this. That's the whisperer. That's the heart. That's Those are all those things that make you, you know it, that you can do it. But the mind's like, hey, Bozo, that guy's got two legs. You only have one. And you're not strong enough. You're not as fast as that person. And he's grabbing your ankle and he's knocking you off. And you're, you're not used to that. He's coming at you from a different angle. And what does that happen? When that head is not in alignment with your heart, it shifts your focus. But when your heart and your head are in alignment and your focus is pure on what it is you're going to do, you may fail a thousand times, but you will not stop. You will keep going. Because now you are congruent. You're authentic. Authentic means the head and the heart are talking together. They're totally in alignment and you will not fail. But until that happens, you're going to have a struggle. There's going to be a battle between the head and the heart. That's what I'm talking about. And when you learn to lead that combination, because you need both. When you learn to lead that, then you can help others do the same. We all have the gifts. It's all within us. Man, Alden, thank you for sharing. And that's such great advice. And uh, you mentioned it, you said learn, as you learn it. And I think that's something we all have to remember and just stay positive and think and, and tell ourselves it is a learning experience, right? We have to learn along the way. We're not going to get there overnight. So just be patient with it. And it's just like a muscle that we develop. Right. It's little by little as you go through the challenges, you get stronger and stronger. And that's one thing I, I tell myself now as well, going through these pull-up things. It's like, okay, you know, when I first started, I couldn't lift a hundred pounds for however many times in a minute, right? It's like every single day I got to get a little bit closer to that final outcome. So especially with what people are dealing with right now with with COVID, it's it's hard to stay positive. It's hard to shift our focus, but we have to remind ourselves it's a little bit at a time, right? You learn along that journey and you'll become stronger at the end of the journey but stay on the journey, keep moving forward. And a lot of folks seem to think like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Like, oh, okay, it's too hard. I can't keep going. What you want to do is flip the conversation, flip the script and be mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Finally, it's hard. Yes, because hard means friction. And when I get friction, I get forward progress, right? Cars. Wheels stuck on ice, no friction, spin your wheels. Good sticky rubber cement. Now we're going to move forward. Struggle builds the strength. We embrace the struggle. Yes, it's starting to get hard doing pull-ups finally. Oh, yeah, now I'm really going to focus in on turning that lactic acid into power for me. You have to keep looking for the friction. 
You got to embrace it. Grab that friction and fuel up to go forward, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I, I love what you said, friction. You know, that's something my trainer used to tell me, he said, a body unchallenged is a body unchanged. And we could say that about our minds as well, right? A mind unchallenged is a mind unchanged. We have to look for that friction, look for that challenge. And that's how you get stronger. Alden, man, thank you so much for just your words of wisdom today and for sharing your inspiring story. I'm, I'm fired up. I feel like I could just talk to you all day. I'm learning so much. So thank you for your time. Uh, if it's okay. Anthony, this is not going to be the last time we're talking. <laughs> no, I, I look forward to more conversations with you because I, I, I mean, truly, you're someone that I really uh, am inspired by and I, someone I know I can learn so much from. So thank you. If it's okay with you, I know you're, you got things going on. So can I just close off with what I like to call the short time questions? It's a couple more questions and you just do fire it, off. Do it. My time's here for you. <laughs> All right, sir. Sounds good. So first question here. What's your favorite motivational book or movie? Oh, well, okay. So for the movies, I mean, I love Braveheart and Glad. Oh yeah, yeah. Those, those, <laughs> those are like tied for two, right? I'm right so, there with you. <laughs> love that. And you know, as for a book, I I have a bunch of different ones, and this is a little obscure one, but I really enjoy it. And it's called "As a Man Thinketh." I have to check that one out. It's an old one. It's short, but basically what you're going to find is what you decide to think manifests into what you end up accomplishing. All right. When I finish Unstoppable Teams, I'm jumping right into that one next then. There you go. <laughs> next question, sir. What's your favorite quote? Ah, okay. Uh, you, I'll give you two. Before the gates of excellence, the high gods have placed sweat, hmm. part one. Part two, if a man does only that which is required, he is a slave. The moment he does more, he is a free man. Now, that is taken from like Herodotus back in the Greek philosopher time. So they were using man at that point, but... You know, I change it to person today. Hmm. You get the point of both of those, right? I do. Right. If you're only doing what's required, well, you're just kind of following the rules. Like you got to go give more. Hmm. The moment you start figuring out ways to give more, well, now you're the master of your own destiny. Sir, great quote right there. Love it. Final question, Alden. What does unstoppable mean to you? <laughs> huh always getting up one more time than you were knocked down you always keep getting up and moving forward yes sir great answer alvin thank you so much again for your time and just for sharing your knowledge it's truly been a pleasure just to, to speak with you and meet you today thank you hey i got one thing you remind everybody of this anything ready yes sir Unstoppable is a choice, folks. Get out there and choose it and make it happen. Amen. And Alden, where can people go to find you and, and just keep track of you? Yeah, they can come to alden-mills.com. All right. Well, Alden, again, thank you so much, my friend, and you have a great day, and, and hopefully our paths will cross again soon. I look forward to it. They will cross. In the meantime, go out there and get those new records, Anthony. <laughs> I'm expecting yes. big things from you. 
Yes, sir. I'm going after. I'll do my best. <laughs> we take care. You too, buddy. I really liked Alden's description of the inner battle between the whiner and the whisperer. It's a battle that we all face. We have to accept the fact that the whiner is always going to be easier to hear. When we start getting tired, when things aren't going as planned, the whiner is going to be there, screaming at us to give up. Just walk away. We don't really want this. Telling us to stay in the comfort zone. Alden was absolutely right when he said that the whiner keeps us in a place of complacency and mediocrity. The next time you find yourself in a situation where the whiner is coming in loud and clear, take a moment. Shift your focus. Think about your end goal. Think about the reasons why you can reach it. Say them out loud or write it out on a piece of paper. You know I'm a big fan of that. By shifting your focus, you take control of your thoughts. You allow yourself the opportunity to not only hear the whisper, but crank up the volume. It's not easy, but it will get easier. So hang in there, my friends. You got this. Stay away from the bell. So let me ask you something. How do you eat an elephant? That's right. One bite at a time. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Anthony Robles, and this is the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by SafeScreens, the leader in smart home security and automation, and America's only ADT authorized provider. SafeScreens will help protect what you value most. To talk to an expert and get a free quote today, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. The Unstoppable Podcast is a production of Anthony Robles Enterprises, LLC, in partnership with The Really Good Home Podcasts. I'd like to thank my editor, Laura Batista, producer Katie Pulatunoff, and my senior producer, Andy Frazier. Special thanks this episode to TED Talk's YouTube channel for the clip used at the beginning of this episode of Alden Mills. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day, and remember, be unstoppable.